in the streets of LA. A drug war rules the city until a new king moves into town. It's Predator 2. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. That was a bad. I tried to do the, what the was little that? roar. That was that was. A I have no roar. idea what that was, Alec. I thought it was a motorcycle. Uh, I don't what? know. It sounds no. like an alarm. It's, it's too close to an alarm when I do it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I think I'm mixing up like Tarzan and the Predator scream. Uh, yeah. That's, um, I, I did, Look, I did see no a Tarzan one said your movie. life has led up to this point. Only my life has led up to yeah. this point, Alex. Know, this is the episode I was made to make. When we started this show 162 episodes ago, I was made to make this, this Predator 2 episode. Oh, you were born for it. Yeah. Born for I mean, it. This is it. And then this after is this, it. This is the final episode. Eric's going to die after this one. No, the final episode <laughs> is Rocky Four, and, oh. and no one's ever going to know. <laughs> Listen, no one's ever going to know when we're going to end the show until you see Rocky Four pop up on your feed. And you'll know this is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna be in the middle of a series it's gonna be like oh man what's a random series it's gonna be like uh the middle of like friday the 13th series and all of a sudden rocky four and audiences everywhere across the world will go no drago drago exactly that's what'll happen Anyway, welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Predator 2. I've avoided Predator's instruments so far. Alex, how about you? (laughs) Yes, I've avoided the Predator's instruments as well. Instruments of death. Oh, yeah. I didn't get netted or anything. I didn't get netted. I didn't get sliced. I didn't get lasered. I didn't get rocketed. I'm still here. (laughs) That's because you're always unarmed. This is true. This is true. I do (laughs) not support concealed carry, Alex, because if a predator is around, you are going to get it. (laughs) Yep. 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 Look, these, these weapons in this movie, by the way, this this ain't no 1990 LA. This is like I've got this is 1990s LA, and I've got a like futuristic, weird sort of sci-fi pistol thing that I'm trying to shoot people with. Oh, are you talking right? about Danny Glover's gun? Yeah, yeah. So he's got like a Desert Eagle with a uh-huh. scope attached to it, and it's just wild, wildly impractical. In so oh many my ways. Gosh. Um, it's so impractical. <laughs> it's so true. Like, yeah, what this is this thing. I know. It's a laser. It looks like a laser gun from like a sci-fi film set. Uh, It makes no sense. It makes no sense. What I think it is, I think it is a fifty caliber handgun, which is a a Desert Eagle with a scope on it, and then it looks like maybe another attachment on it, and it's just so unwieldy. It's unreal. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. 
Yeah, but this is yeah, this is the future. It's 1997, so this is like seven years in the future for when the movie oh. was released. So mm. this is from their Everything perspective. Is this is make sense. Now. This is future LA, not oh. current LA. Like near future LA from 1990. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Man, all right. Well, now I have a whole new perspective on this movie. <laughs> I need to rewrite my review, Alex. Uh, just uh, kind of, you know, just to try to adjust accordingly. <laughs> oh, well, this might be tough, but shall we get into the film introduction, Alex? Yeah, let's do it. All right. When we talk about sequels on the show, we often try to mention how the film builds upon the first and whether it does so successfully. But what happens when the sequel takes a completely different direction? That's what we see in 1990s Predator 2, directed by Stephen Hopkins. There's honestly not much to compare here between the original and the sequel, <laughs> except for its title character. But is, that a, but is that a good or a bad thing? Did the sequel make its biggest kill, or is this more run-of-the-mill? Mm, that's a tough question. Uh, I don't think it's run-of-the-mill. Because what I do appreciate about the film, you know, whether you love this new direction or you hate it, you have to appreciate that the film does, like you say, try to do something completely new and different from the original film. You know, the, the small, quiet hunting of the jungle is traded for a future L.A. where gangs have taken over and cops are just trying to get a grasp of some sort of control of the city. And I, I love this setting because it's... So it's very different. Uh, reminds me in some ways of RoboCop, um, where it's just you know it's become it's a devolved version of a city we know. Um, and I, I you know I, what I also really like is uh, uh, more than the even the setting maybe is our characters because they are different from the last movie. We don't get the we don't get the machismo. We don't get the, <laughs> a lot uh-huh. of that. But uh-huh. what I do like is that they are very different. They're a team, much like the last one, but their personalities don't intersect whatsoever with our original film's team. And then the other thing that I do like is that, you know, there are issues with the film, and there are more issues with this film than the previous one. What I do appreciate is that they, the film does seem to keep the Predator pretty cohesive while throwing him into a completely different situation mm. where... He's on a much more crowded game preserve than <laughs> yeah. he was the last time. Mm. Well, I, I do appreciate that this film tries to do something completely different, like you said. But with that said, I don't think this film is really a good film necessarily. But I do think it has its great moments. So, yeah, it's run of the mill for me, but it does have its own unique thrill. Uh, unfortunately those thrills don't add up into a very cohesive movie and it actually starts with the characters for me there's just no real point to any of the characters here except for harrigan who is awesome the rest of the characters feel like a waste of time to me like jerry lambert who at the beginning of the film is set up as kind of a focus of our narrative He's the new guy on the block, the hotshot detective who wants to make a name for himself, right? But he's killed halfway through the movie without really much of an arc at all after this pretty big introduction. 
his his arc is actually over before then, actually, because there's this potential conflict between him and Harrigan, but it's just resolved without really anything happening, and it's just really much ado about nothing. So in the end, I'm glad they killed the character. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think you may argue that this is the point, but the film simply took too much time building this persona when it didn't need to. Uh, the first half of the film for me, including his character and, and most of the, the drug war stuff, that part just doesn't work. Huh. Interesting. I, I, I do think I disagree. Uh, but I wonder, is that the point where you messaged me saying you had no idea where the film was going? Yes. I okay. had no idea where the film was going at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it is, a, it, I mean, this is a very divisive film. Uh, at least I think it used to be. I do feel like there's been some revisionist history around it over the last few years where it's looked up upon more favorably than it used to. Um, this one used to be the whipping boy of the Predator oh, really? franchise. And I don't think that that's the case anymore from the vibe I see um, in a lot of lists and online. Um, and I actually, I think I agree that it did deserve a revision. I, I will say this about the film. And, and I said it last week and the week before that. <laughs> They really don't make them like they used to. Again, love it or hate it, I love the intro. It's loud. It's bombastic. It shows this devolved LA that is just nothing but gang wars. And also, it also really illustrates, but it's so fun. Like, there's so many guns going off at all times. Like, it's messy. It's not clean. It's fun. Uh, You know, we get get Lieutenant Harrigan. Uh, showing off, you know, his quick thinking, his tenacity, using the car with the uh, the uh-huh. shields and the windows to mm-hmm. help save others, and then also sneaking, up, taking the time to sneak up on the bad guys and and put them down. Uh, I really like that moment, which is and, kind of parallel yeah. to the moment that the predator has at the end, right? Yeah. Where he sneaks up on it is the quote unquote his bad guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just thought I mean, about it's, that. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it's very similar to what happens at the end of the film uh, because he becomes outmatched, right? Yep. I mean, his, his his opponents have figured him out, at least they think they have, until he drops a few surprises on them, which it's like you said. There's actually a lot of parallels between this Predator and Harrigan. Uh-huh. And it, it, there's some weird play between them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time... here. So last week, you kind of asked me to describe what a predator movie is or what, what this, what, what the original predator movie was. And I said, it was like kind of a military rescue mission with, with a science fiction horror (laughs) element to it. I would say this is a lot like a serial killer movie Uh because the way the predator stalks Harrigan and he takes out those that are close to him Mm. and he slowly like kills everyone around him until it's just him. Um, yeah. And he even he even plays with him with the necklace from Danny, where he hangs it on the tree. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting well, that he's almost a serial killer in that type of way, like stalking his prey. There's that line. Um, oh man, there's that line from uh, Keys. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keys, uh, where Keys tells Harrigan, and he's saying it kind of. Uh, He's not, he's not actually trying to imply this about Harrigan because he doesn't believe this about Harrigan. But what he says is true. He says, you're his lion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are like the, the, the 
biggest kill that he will have. He, he's leading up to you. He has to build to you, you know. Yes. Uh, but Harrigan's the predator's lion in this case. Yeah, because, I mean, the Predator sees him take out the gang, right? Yeah. All these other heavily armed guys. And as soon as that happens, he's, he kind of he, he hones in over on him over the course of the film uh-huh. while just saving him for last. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite moments, uh, character moments, is with the entire team. Um, you know, Harrigan and Danny, who is killed pretty quickly. That, that's kind of one of the most shocking moments of the film for me. Is how quick because we see Predator kill a lot of the bad guys, right? A lot uh-huh, of the gang uh-huh. members and all this, and then Danny, who goes onto the crime scene later, he gets killed, yeah. and it's a little bit of a surprise because he's a good guy. He hadn't really done anything, um, and it kind of felt like it. Had, this movie had almost established some sort of horror staples, right? Where if you do something wrong, you're the even no matter how minute, you get killed. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool they killed him. But anyway, Harrigan and Danny are, they're watching Leona and Jerry talk. It's when they first meet and Jerry's like trying to win her over. And they Danny predicts what she's about to do. And that's, mm-hmm. he, she grabs him by the balls, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, this is after Jerry is kind of harassing her, I guess, in a, in a sexual way and some. I guess some would say. And what I really like about this is that when she, <laughs> when she lets him go, Danny walks out and he walks by and, um, you know, they, they kind of laugh about it. And then she chases him and like, pretend like she's going to grab, <laughs> grab him by the balls. He like kind of like, scurries to the precinct away. What I like about this moment is it does a bunch of things. First off, it makes, it establishes Leo's character immediately. She's not going to take, she's not going to stand for Jerry's BS at all. Like, she lets him go for this joke for a little while, and then she stops it. Hmm. I like that. But what I really also like is that Jerry is actually a humanized character. He actually, while he does come off as this joke, right? He be, he be, he starts off as this womanizing type character. Someone that in a movie nowadays would just be, that's all they would be. Well, uh, you said that Jerry doesn't have an arc. I think he does. When he first comes into the film, he, they keep calling him uh, ah, I'm blanking on it, but that he's he's a he's a lone wolf, right? That he's able yeah. to do something by him, like he's he's known for being able to do these things by himself, and it does, he doesn't feel like he lives up to that potential until we find out that actually he does live up to the potential in the train scene, and that's where he saves everybody else by sending them going, and he sacrifices himself. And hold and kind of holds his own against the predator for a little while, um, in the, in his final moments on the train, where we see that he probably did actually earn his reputation that he had before we met him, and he became that joke. And so I really actually like that his character, who is almost like a well, you know, we kind of talked. I don't know if the parallel is quite right, but. We, and back when we talked about the creature walks among us, we talked about that womanizing character who is pretty vile, right? But they still kind of gave him this human element, right? Where you feel bad for him when he dies. Yeah. This film does that to a whole nother extent where we actually make him more human. We also, we also have Leona become more tolerant of him as she spends more time with him. And so all these elements, I think this is a character that would be almost taboo today, honestly, because of how over 
over anxious yeah. he is, I guess, around women, right? Hmm. But then at the hmm. end of the day, we give him a really great send off, and we give him a really great moment for his character to, I feel like, kind of come full circle. There was an interesting moment in that grabbing the ball scene um, that <laughs> that actually stood out to me. It wasn't what what stood out to you. Now, this is just an interesting choice that and I, I wouldn't. Ju- I'm not judging the film by this choice because this is just a very small moment. But you get the scene where Danny and Harrigan are watching Leona mm-hmm. and Jerry talk from the other room, yeah. and they're seeing it happen through the window, right? <laughs> and you can't hear you can't hear Leona and Jerry talk as they're watching through the window, right? Right. But then they leave, and then the next scene, guess where it's shot from? It's shot from the same point of view as we saw with Harrigan and Danny, but now we're watching the conclusion of the scene, but then we can hear Leona and Jerry talk. Are you talking about when they get out of the cop car? What? Are you talking about when they get out of the cop car? No, I'm talking about that scene, the ball grabbing scene. Oh, okay, I got you, I got you. Like, we're getting the point of view shot at the same time, but at the beginning, the first time we get that that shot of them watching them through the window as they're interacting, Mm -hmm. we don't hear them talking. We hear the conversation between Harrigan and Danny. The next time, at the conclusion of the scene, we get that same shot, but now we're hearing Leona and Jerry talk Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. other room, but it makes no sense because we didn't hear them before, but then we start to hear because we want to hear the end of the the conversation, right? Now, I... Is that I don't rem- I'm trying to remember exactly what you're talking about. Do we only hear them once Danny walks out? Yes, yeah. Because Danny opens the door and then we hear him, right? Maybe. Isn't maybe. that what it's, it is? Because Danny very, goes out very there. Odd choice. It it's strange. Like it, the audio just it just doesn't match mm, in my opinion. I was like that. I just don't think we'd see. I, I'm not judging. It just that stood out to me. Uh, as an interesting choice because you just don't see that very often. Um, but yeah, and t- to kind of go back to, to my criticism, I, I think that the director here, Stephen Hopkins is honestly finding his way as a filmmaker, as the film progresses, because the film does get better by the time we get to the train scene. It does pick up for me uh, because after that scene, it gets rid of our unnecessary characters and it focuses on Harrigan and the Predator. I especially think the last 30 minutes are great and the climax is pretty awesome. Um, when Harrigan finds himself within the Predator ship, wow. I mean, I love that development of the lore. And there's an interesting contrast, I think, between the history and development of these Predators and the species and the spontaneous motivations of the drug war that's happening which i think this film is trying to get at to some extent uh which i guess i can talk about here in a second there's there's might be some attempts at messages here yeah, um, but i i really did think that that scene in particular the climax was awesome oh i'm glad you liked it i know yeah and you know th- these climaxes especially when they're as big as they are mm-hmm. they can get really monotonous but uh-huh. I don't feel like this one does. Um, and maybe it's because we are just constantly moving from scene to scene in terms of uh, uh, location. Like we're, we're jumping from rooftop. We're going inside these old people's <laughs> bathroom. We're going into an elevator shaft to a spaceship. To, like, <laughs> well, it's when I think the movie gets good, right? Like um, 
But I, the spaceship in particular, that scene I thought was really cool as oh. the final climax of the climax. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool. I and and I'm I'm with you though. You know, you've voiced some concerns about the film, and I do have a couple issues here as well. Um, one would be that I would like to have a bit of a better understanding of what dictates an opponent for the predator worthy of getting its spine and skull removed versus like just skinned and left there. You know, uh-huh. it doesn't feel like there's a clear reason, um, but. And I could see this being an issue of sorts with a lot of people, but I think for me, I think it really just comes down to whether the predator is only taking the skulls of opponents it deems worthy. Yeah, um, that's what I, that's what I, I, my interpretation of it at least. Like if he goes yeah, up too. against somebody and kills them too easy, not worth not worth it. They just get skinned and hung upside down. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's kind of like um, with Bill Paxton's character, he'll take your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even see him do that scene yep. <laughs> in the shadows and it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty visual. It's awesome. Um, and then the other thing is the film has a really big error in it, really big continuity error in it. it, it it's quite the oversight. So we know the predator uses his visor to see heat signatures. Um, mm-hmm. it was established in the last film. In this film, we learned that he's got multiple settings on the visor. What's weird is, is in the previous film, we established what it looks like when he does not wear his helmet. Uh, Well, Harrigan removes his helmet. And the rest of the film, this predator is running around without a helmet. The weird thing is that he still sees heat signatures. Mm. And we keep getting a perspective that looks like he's looking through the helmet and it even has the helmet sound like he's looking through it. It's, it's a pretty big error that goes on for almost as soon as he removes the helmet, that scene comes up several times Yeah, where he's using heat vision, which is not how it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. We learned that last film, they see all red and they see like different shades of red, but that's the extent of it. It's not mm-hmm. like that. So that's a that's a pretty big error. Um, and, the, and the other problem I have is how in the world, and this is a logic issue, I guess, no one noticed the spaceship that landed under the city. Hmm. Like, maybe it has cloaking <laughs> tech, which would be reasonable. The Predators are cloaking. Uh-huh. But for so, but and maybe it has a quiet mode, but when it blasts <laughs> off, it's quite loud. <laughs> and quite explosive. Um, Those gunshots happening in the city, man. <laughs> that's true it's probably just like another day another bomb exactly probably another car bomb um and and the 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 drop off under from underneath a building elevator shaft onto a spaceship was a little hard for me to swallow um and then there's a few other issues as well I, I'll, yeah. I'll just list them but the lightning strike on the predator was weird <laughs> well i don't know what the point of that was <laughs> Um, and then the other thing is something I like about the film, but I don't know how much sense it makes is, and that's when the predator leaves the necklace behind for yeah. Harrigan to find is like I said, it feels like it's from a serial killer movie, which I think the movie actually derives a lot of its uh-huh. inspiration from in a lot of ways, which I really like. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I just, I'm trying to figure out whether the predator would actually do that or not. Mm. And I, I, 
the the lore of the predator at this point doesn't seem to indicate either way. Hmm. Um, he does taunt his prey, it, and he does yeah. play with his food. Uh, or he doesn't eat them, but he does play with his prey quite a bit. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. And you know, you did mention Eric that your your theme that you like maybe maybe it's got some sort of um yeah. drug theme. Uh-huh. I think there's also questions about whether it has any sort of commentary on guns. Yeah. And even um even like a possible like pro life message of a predator, right? He grabs he grabs um Leona, sees yeah. that she's pregnant and opts not to kill her. Mm. Uh, which so, is interesting when he just murders an entire train full of mostly uh, mostly innocent people, yes. which is which I really like. He jumps on that train. Well, you think he's just gonna go after the gang members, and then yeah. every single person that has a gun gets killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is uh, everybody. Which is everybody, <laughs> except for the baby, right? I I don't know. I, the pro life might be a, a bit strong, oh, but oh, I, I think, think the commentary is a stretch, honestly. Uh, so I think I think the pro life. I think the commentary on the guns is a stretch. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I think most of it is. <laughs> oh yeah, look, look, look well, not, yeah, I, I'm with you here. I I just I think the uh, I I like that moment, even though that's kind of like just random and out of the blue, right? That uh, she has a baby inside of her. It's like it's just random, but. Yeah, but uh, it adds. I do like that it adds it, another layer to the lore, right? That's what it adds. That's it. That's all it's there for is to add a layer yes. to the predator's lore. It adds a sense of empathy, which is weird, <laughs> to yeah. the predator, uh, or shows that that the predator has some sort of empathy component to him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting. But you know, your issues, Alex. It's interesting because I didn't even think about those things honestly (laughs) i'm thinking more about the narrative as a whole and and yeah i think the the film is trying to say a couple things um there might even be a comparison that we can make here to king kong versus godzilla and the exploitation of violence for consumption now this film is never going to reach those heights alex you can't reach the heights of king kong versus godzilla (laughs) but it does try to show us the gruesome reality of the drug war and the way it has left impact on the community and its members. I don't think it's particularly effective in this front. Again, most of this movie, most of the first half of this movie, I I really think is hot garbage, but it tries. Uh, Unfortunately in trying, I think it grossly exaggerates everything to the point where it becomes be or it moves beyond ironic hyperbole and satire and into straight up mocking. This movie, it might've been made in 1990, but it is an 80s film. No doubt in my mind, it's just over the top. Uh, But this week, unlike last week for me, this over the topness becomes too gratuitous and just unnecessary when a little restraint could have reined the film in into something more cohesive as a whole. Okay. Interesting. That felt like my, that felt like my end review, Alex, but yeah, uh, yeah. MVM plus MVM plus today. Honestly, we kind of, ha- we have a conversation about the Watchmen series on HBO max. And what's interesting, Alex, that I'm just thinking about is 
we have a similar sort of discussion about some of your issues with that series and why they're not issues for me. And it's in the details, right? It's in the details. Whereas some of the issues that you have here in the details, I don't have those issues with. So we have, we have a similar conversation uh, about some of our disagreements, but about a different piece of media. Uh, and that's over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. But let's get into our awards, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Compelling character. Who do you have? Uh, I had Jerry Lambert, someone who didn't even care for. But the reason I I picked Jerry Lambert (laughs) is because you feel like he is likely one of those people who's failing up that we talked about even, I don't know when we talked about it. Yeah, it was recently. Uh um, But he feels like one of those people that's failing up. He feels like he can't back up the claim of being like the Salone Ranger type character. Um, but then we actually learn at the end that he is capable of, of heroism like that. And he's able to, you know, go as toe to toe with the predator as he could without winning. Um, and so I, I think he deserves my compelling character award for being able to back up his background, despite everything else he does in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he is a little whiny, right? He complains. He, he does all these things. He makes crass jokes and it's just like generally almost unlikable, but for him to go out the way he does. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Look, uh, for me, I had to go with Danny Glover who, uh, just shined as Mike Harrigan. In this one, yeah. uh, Mike Harrigan was great. Uh, he's not as good as uh, the coach and Angels in the Outfield, but he's he's pretty close. Um, I I love the the development, not really development of the character, but just the the overall um, persona of someone that can almost go toe to toe with the Predator, someone that's loyal to his team, someone that isn't perfect, has has his own flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is willing, willing to get after it at all times. So Mike Harrigan, you can't go wrong with that pick. He was the only character I actually cared much about beyond the Predator. Okay. All right. What about your most memorable line award? <laughs> there were a lot of memorable lines here, I think. <laughs> like if this was a movie that I had watched a lot when I was younger, I just think there are a lot of quotable lines here. Oh my gosh, uh, there's so many. Because it's just, there's just a lot. But um, one, I just want to highlight Peter Keyes' character, who you think he's dead, and then he comes back and he's like, guess who's back? (laughs) (laughs) And he tries to freeze the predator, and then the predator cuts him in half. (laughs) Yes, it's It's awesome. Guess who's back? (laughs) Chop in half. (laughs) I love that we bring him back just to chop him in half. It's so good. Uh It's so good. (laughs) One of my favorite moments of the film right there. (laughs) It's really good. Um, For me, I had a line that's almost obscured because it's from the predator's perspective. Uh And he's like looking at it from up high and he's got the distorted sound. Oh yeah, and it's just a callback to the last to the last movie where yeah. Harrigan says he's talking to Phil Heineman, who's like the captain who uh-huh. is like writing Harrigan, and he says, "And you're downtown pushing pencils and kissing, yeah, <laughs> um, kissing butt." Um, <laughs> I just like that that callback, uh, pushing pencils. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. I, well, I didn't my, think about it, but, but yeah, that's that's a good throwback. There, there's a lot of lines that are callbacks to to it, but I love that they're delivered in ways that mostly some are, but mostly yes. you don't even know you don't even notice that they're callbacks. Yeah. Um, but then we get the couple of the important ones, like the ear one ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good uh, one. Geez, Luis. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I mean, apparently this is a staple in Predator movies now that we've seen a couple of these here, Prey and Predator and Predator <laughs> 2. So we'll see if it continues in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Oh, man. So my Can't Believe That Acting Award, I thought it was it has to go to Bill Paxton. Oh, back-to-back Lambert. Do what? Back-to-back weeks. Now, is this one tongue-in-cheek like last week or not? Oh, it's the same. It's terrible. Again, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely awful. Um, no, Bill Paxton is just terrible. Like, I, I'm, I have no idea how he's – like, who is – who's his dad? Like, uh, who who's Bill Paxton's dad? Because I don't – I don't see any acting talent in this guy at this point. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wow! Okay, you got an axe to grind over there. <laughs> no, I mean I, that's being a little harsh, <laughs> but I honestly, like, I honestly, I don't, I don't think he's he's good. I need to look up his filmography now because, I mean, it, wow, just he was not good, man. All right. Well, take a look at it. Tell me what you find. Um, and as for me, I had Marianne Cochita Alonso as Liana Cantrell. I think she just really nails that character. Uh, and makes me, you know, I, I immediately am drawn to her. I think she's very interesting. And so I think she's a good foil for the rest of the team. Mm. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, he was in Twister. That was his, That was probably his biggest lead role. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Titanic, he was in. I don't remember him in Titanic. Uh, maybe I do. He was uh, in Apollo thirteen. But yeah, no, he's a de- he's a he's a decent actor. He's a cult favorite. Is he? Oh yeah, yes. Oh, sorry everybody in the cult that loves John Paxton <laughs> or Bill Paxton. Sorry, Bill Paxton. Let's get on to our unique award. Or no, wait. Oh, that's a good shot award. What do you got? I had. The shot of the Jamaican voodoo gang leader screaming head. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. What about you? <laughs> um, I had the shot where the predator, the first time we think Gary Busey is getting killed, mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> this shot that zooms in on his face. It looks like it's done by like a hand cam, and Gary Busey just looks genuinely surprised <laughs> as it approaches his face. It's horrible looking. <laughs> Yeah. So that's why yeah. that's ooh, that's a good shot award. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, what about your unique award? Mine is the Man You've Changed Award, and this goes to Gary Busey. I was watching this. I was like, man, this man was actually like a legitimate actor at one point, <laughs> and now he is just like a completely unhinged madman. Who <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine even doing a role like this one. Yeah. That's not even, I would say, that challenging necessarily. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say about it. 
What about uh, oh, so mine is Spider Man Award, and that Ooh. goes to Danny Glover, uh, who just traverses <laughs> the pipes and the yeah. buildings as he tries to hunt the predator down. Yeah, he's uh, quite quite talented, quite nimble, quite nimble. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Final thoughts and tiered rating. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I want to hear. Sure. Well, I think I gave most of my thoughts uh, already. I, the first half of this movie, I really don't like. It does feel more run of the mill for me, uh, and not in a way that I particularly enjoyed. It was over the top in a way that felt gratuitous. Uh, personally, wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. But the second half of the film, whenever we get into uh, Harrigan's character and the focus on Harrigan and the Predator, then we start to to get somewhere and really get some unique moments and build upon the lore uh, for the Predator. So I enjoyed that. So is this movie a Gabra film for me? No. Uh, it, there's, there's redeeming qualities. There's some good moments. So this is a Gamera tier film for me. Okay. All right. What about you? Uh, as for me, I, I'm really debating even right now where I am placing it on the, the, on our rank, our ranking section, but I, I really enjoyed it. And you know, whereas you didn't like the gratuity of it, I really liked that aspect of it just because of how different it felt from the other film. That way I've got two movies that are just so completely different, which is maybe a negative for a lot of people. And I don't blame them at all for it. Um, but I really like the 80s action hero stuff at the beginning. The Predator is almost a serial killer stuff. Some of the themes and commentary that it might have in it that I kind of like, but I also don't and not convinced that any of it is actually in there. Um, <laughs> and I also really, again, I really like our characters. Um, and I'm really, I was really interested to see what happens with all of them. And I also just love how it builds on the Predator lore, especially when we get into the spaceship. Eric, did you see the thing that ties into to Prey? I did. Oh, to Prey? Yeah. No. The gun that the Predator oh. gives Harrigan. It's the yeah. same gun. It's got yeah, the same writing go. on it. There you go. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were about to ask me. Did I see the thing that ties it into Alien? I was gonna ask Don't you we that. Get as alien well. skull in there. Yes, we did get the alien skull there, which is very. That's cool. interesting. I wonder why they decided to do that. I don't know, but that moment. You know what I mean? Like, because like, this is before. It's just interesting that they decided. Like, were they like make trying to make a statement there? <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 yeah. I feel like this film actually has some moments that are inspired by aliens, right? Like, oh, yeah. When Harrigan is watching the like crew get killed and then he rushes in. Yes, it's exactly, it's exactly from aliens, right? Well, and, there, and there's lines, so it's kind of funny you said that. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. And there's also other parallels parallels especially with bill paxton yeah he has a line in aliens where he busts vasquez about um uh he's he asks him about if she's ever mistaken for a man and she says like are you and here we get a converse, a brief conversation about balls of whether she had whether uh leona has balls or not and it's definitely a reference back to uh 
aliens. So there are definitely intended parallels here with aliens. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for for sure. sure. Which, which I, I do like, I do like, but yeah, it's, it's a good question. It's something I need to look into on what was the intention here. I think it, the intention was just to be like, have fun with the audiences and show how their prowess, I guess that they're able to kill a predator and take it. The like same this. studio. Like, like, yeah. So Fox, I think Fox yeah, okay. has always owned both. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, it definitely has because has even to. when you watch either film, it has a 20th yeah. Century Fox yeah. stuff at the beginning of it. I was going to say, I don't think they could get away with that if <laughs> if they did no. it on the right. But <laughs> then they would just be like, "Oh, it's just a it's just a elongated skull." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and can you imagine being a fan of both movies at the time That'd be cool. and seeing that? And so, yeah. yeah, that's that's when like comics and movies and video game or comics and video games exploded with the idea. You'd be like, um, oh my gosh, they should yeah. totally do Alien versus Predator. <laughs> yeah, and then a movie wouldn't be made for 22 more years or 20 more years. Oh, yeah, um, that's the great part. It's the buildup. It's the hype. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's such, such cool moments and then more lore building in that ship and just getting to see some of their world a little bit more with, you know, just the design of it and everything around it. It's just so interesting. Yeah. The movie does a lot right, and yes, it does fumble the ball. Like striking a predator with lightning is a weird choice. <laughs> it just is. It just is, and there's some inconsistencies here. Um, but overall, I really was shocked by how much I enjoyed the film. Um, so I'm gonna give this one a. I'm gonna give it a very high gamma tier. Mm-hmm. I am tempted to put it higher, but I'm not going to. Um, mm-hmm. But just because it does have, it, it really does have problems um, in it. But overall, I really enjoy it. And I would recommend it to anyone who enjoys movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> See, I couldn't recommend it as I couldn't recommend it as freely. I just. Anyone I think, who's a fan of like 80s movies, I yeah, feel like would be 80s a fan. movies, you'll like this movie. Uh, any modern audiences, really I don't think, would like this movie as much. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, next week, Alex, we've got Alien 3. Will Alien 3 be my cup of tea? Mm. Or the director's cut be the one for me? Oh, yeah. That's right. And we are reviewing the director's cut on here, right? But yep. we're... Are you still down gonna, to talk about the yeah, I'm gonna try. original I'm gonna cut? I'm going to try to watch the original. I'm going to try to watch the original first, actually. Oh, re- yeah. I think you should. I'm going to try. I think you should. It's so interesting. I'm going to try. They're yeah. such wildly different films. Interesting. That's what I'm going to yeah. try to do with all my free time. I I, I will do it. Yeah, you got to start tonight, and you'll be done in time. And I'll fall asleep in 10 minutes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, let me know, uh, you know, what, what, what the plan is. We All might right. cover one of them on MVM Plus. Yeah. And maybe we'll, we'll – is our plan right now to cover the original on MVM Plus and the director's cut on here? I think so, yeah. Okay. It obviously, it'll spill over a little bit too, yeah. naturally, um, just because we got we to give our audience an idea of what which one – we prefer, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, I get, yeah, I just can't wait to see Alien 3 and find out if it's for me. Um, I heard the director's cuts so long that I'll probably have to go pee in the middle of it. 
Uh, as always thank you for listening to monsters versus men leave us feedback on our rhymes or this episode at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com you can also follow us and message us on twitter and instagram at mvm underscore pod become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content including special reviews interviews and host chats and if you can't join at this time a review or share always helps monsters versus men is produced by alex cornett Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basir, and Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kama, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which formed Subblock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't try to surprise the predator by shouting, Guess who's back? <laughs> <laughs> and try, and try to, to stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Well, now I have a whole new perspective on this movie. <laughs> I need to rewrite my review, Alex. <laughs>